Hello again. I keep saying I'm going to be more consistent and more efficient about um, posting to my podcast. And this has been a very busy, busy couple of weeks. And um, I pretty much stay, I keep myself pretty occupied. So stopping to do this is a thing. So um, if you hear background noise, it's because I'm driving in the car. Um, but I wanted to talk about Philippians 4. Um, moderation and contentment. You know, I just moved this weekend in the midst of the whole pandemic thing. Amazingly, my apartment complex decided, they made this executive business decision, that the lease should go up $300 a month. Um, In the midst of everything else that's going on, I thought that was not only um, ridiculous, but, oh, really ridiculous. Um, So needless to say, I spent the weekend moving. And I always feel like I'm pretty efficient at moving until it's actually happening. And then I realize that I'm probably not as good as it at it as I would like to believe that I am. And part of this comes from stuff, just having containers of might need it someday, sentimental value stuff, just things that I have. And so in that context, um, the last time I moved, I promised myself I was getting rid of stuff. I was going to lighten my load, blah, blah, blah only to find out that I didn't and I still had stuff. So needless to say, this morning, I made my first trip to the local mission. Um, There's a mission store that's actually not far from where I live. And I made my first drop off of things there. And if you don't know what that feels like, I if you've ever seen the movie The Jerk, um, where towards the end of the movie, and he's leaving, you know, he has this huge mansion. Um, he's, you know, accomplished all of this stuff, but then it falls apart. I don't want to give the movie away if you haven't seen it. It's an old, old Steve Martin movie. It's an awesome movie. Totally hilarious. But um, one of the things that he does as he's leaving is he starts picking up like one or two things. And he's all I need is this lamp. And all I need is this. And so next thing you know, he's walking around with these handfuls of stuff because in his mind, he's prepared for the downgrade. But then he's he has certain things that he wants and needs. And um, it's really kind of speaks to how I felt this weekend as I watched my son who didn't do well at putting things in containers. He just doesn't. Um, walking around with handfuls of stuff. And I'm going, okay, we had boxes, we had containers. Why are you having handfuls of stuff? And maybe that's a male thing. I don't know. I I don't know that I did much better because I had things in boxes. I had things, you know, all kinds of random places that seemed like they would be efficient, only to realize that I had so many of them that it just didn't make sense to not put stuff in larger containers. So that being said, 
um, every time I get to this juncture in my life, I keep going, you know what, I'm going to change this up. I'm going to do this a little different. I'm going to get rid of some of this stuff. And so Philippians 4 is what comes to my mind because I'll never forget when I left to move to Atlanta to go to seminary. I went to C.H. Mason Seminary. I graduated from there. But when I first left home for, I think, maybe about a month, I did not have my furniture. My furniture was in the downstairs of my dad's house, and I literally slept in my brand new apartment on the floor with just clothes and a couple of pots that I had put in the car. And I literally just slept on the floor um, in, you know, a comforter with pillow, had my clothes and um, had a couple of pots and a plate and just, you know, that's how I made it for probably a month until I could figure out um, the logistics of getting my things moved. Because even though a long move back then was not extremely expensive compared to what it is now, a four-hour move is a, is a serious move. It's not a back-and-forth move, so you have to do it um, in one fell swoop. So I didn't have, I had no clue. There weren't a lot of moving companies back then that were just small. That is just the logistics. And I ended up actually getting a cousin to come move. Like he moved all my stuff by himself, literally, um, in a van. Because when I went to the moving place, they didn't even have a truck. So I had to put everything in a van. I don't remember how my couch got in that van, but it did. But um, I did end up getting everything moved. He ended up folding my mattress in half. If you had watched this thing happen, you would have been like, what in the world? But, um, what I realized once I finally got my furniture moved and got my plants and got everything set up and it was really nice the way I wanted it. And I remembered looking at my things and thinking I may have actually been happier more content when I was just sleeping on the floor. Now, of course, that's not ideal. Um, Of course, I want to sleep in a bed, and of course, I want furniture. But it showed me something because I have been fairly blessed. And I say that both of my parents had good jobs. Um, All of my dad's siblings had good jobs. So even though I was raised in a small, very small, very, very small town, um, not the smallest town, but not the biggest small town either, um, where people were pretty genuine and pretty, you know, content with the basic life, uh, we lived, you know, we lived okay. And I realized that What made me more content were the things that I had value in that were not tangible. It was connection to people and a sense of community and a sense of a community of faith. And those were the things that were much bigger to me than this accruing, collecting of things. Our culture is a capitalist culture and capitalist cultures need you to buy things. And so we live in this mode of buy things. And even now, um, during this pandemic, we hear talk about 
you know, stimulating the economy, which AKA means spend money, buy stuff, buy stuff. Can you please buy stuff? Because that's what our economy runs on. Those, that's what the jobs are based on, um, you know, having people that work corporate to sales, to retail, to administrative, to cleaning, to every aspect of it still spins off of the money being in motion. And so we live in a culture that encourages us to buy, to spend, to do, to be about accruing things. And so what I have noticed is that I not only had things of sentimental value, um, you know, things that were my grandmother's or my dad's or, you know, whatever. But then I also have the things that I have accrued because I like them. And in the midst of all of that, um, it's become hoarding. It's just too much stuff. And I think to myself, you know, it's part of why I hold on to it is because it's good stuff. It's not tore up raggedy stuff. But I, some of the stuff I don't touch, I haven't touched um, in forever. So why am I holding on to it? Well, what I did decide to do is I decided um, to, to narrow down some of the things that I keep. And my starting point were keepsakes of my children, you know, little things, little pictures they had drawn and, you know, whatever. And then the next thing was my music. I have a crazy music collection um, that's mostly gospel. It is, thankfully, I can say proudly that I don't have any 8-tracks, but I do have LPs, um, and I do have cassettes. And a lot of this I got when I was doing radio, and just over the years, I always sang in a group until recently, so I always had, we always just had music, and you bought the originals, and you, you know, so I have I have ridiculous amounts of music. Um, I'm sure my music collection is not the most extensive. There's somebody that has more music than I. Um, And someday I'm going to actually put all of this to digital because then it makes, you know, it takes up much less space if it's on a drive somewhere than to have these stacks of things and everywhere. Um, But aside from that, and some of my art, see how this goes? Like I have pictures I have hand-carved, you know, things from other countries. And so you start, like, really going through this process of, oh, and I need this, and oh, and I need that. Well, so let me go to the, the, I guess you would say, the theological side of it. One of the things that I learned when I was taking clinical pastoral education was you you spend a quite a bit of time if you work in a hospital setting helping people with end of life. And one of the exercises that we did was we took a piece of paper and we wrote down all of these things that were really important to us. And then the instructor reads a scenario. And at every juncture in the scenario, we were to tear something off of this piece of paper that we were ready to let go of. And so as you find out that you're sick, you know, you let go of something and and it goes on and on and goes through the stages of 
um, end of life and grief and those things. And so finally you end up with that last thing that you're holding on to. And that's the point that you know when you're ready to let go of that, that you're truly ready to, to be at end of life. And so, you know, ministering to people as they go through these transitions and through these phases is one of the things that a chaplain does because you go in and you assess where they are in their scope of coming to terms with their end of life and talking with them about their belief system and how to honor that. And there's all these pieces that go into play in that. Um, but what you learn is the same thing that happens with um, Steve Martin and the jerk is that even though you think you might be ready to let go, you still find these things that you want to hold on to, that you want to keep in tow in your life. And a lot of them are the things that, as the Bible says, so easily beset you. They so easily get you distracted and off track. So in Philippians 4, he talks about moderation, but he also says, I've learned to be content whether a base or a bound, whether I have things or don't have things. And I would say I do pretty well at that. I do pretty well. I've never been as much as I like things. I love nice things. I was raised with nice things. But I'm not utterly fascinated by nice things. I, Matter of fact, I'm more drawn to people who are content without so much stuff. Um, because I feel like there's just something that's absolutely genuine in a person who's content because they're content. And I'm not to say um, a person without drive or ambition who doesn't want nice things. But I do think that having too much, having nice things become distorting. We see it all the time in, in movies, you know, how people get distorted. Um, from being comfortable financially and being able to buy nice things and have nice things, it distorts you. And so from a spiritual standpoint, it, it does help you to kind of understand the vow of poverty that some um, take just simply because it's to help you not be distracted by accruing things that have worldly value, who have that have value in this system of gaining things because they're nice, because they're luxuries, because whatever. Um, there's something about just being okay. And in Philippians 4, you know, think on these things. All of those things are about a mindset, things that are lovely, that are a good report. All of those things that are listed are not really about having things. And I'm definitely not going to be the one to say don't have things. I like things. But I do think that this purge that I'm trying to do now of things that I have, it may be a lot of the stuff is, is of no value to someone else, but it has some sense of, of memoir or affinity or it's attached to a person or a memory way more than it is um, that there are things of monetary value. I just don't think you would walk through my house. The things that you would find that have some semblance of monetary value are still sentimental. They, you know, they were something that belonged to my dad. 
uh, belonged to my grandmother. They they have value because of my connection to that person, not because I care of the thing. Um, and so I think in what our culture is doing, you know, I always think that this pandemic, what if our return to normal is not supposed to be return to normal? What if God is saying, I want you to focus on the things that are really a priority in your life? All this going and getting and doing to be, to have, to do, to have, to go, to do, to brag, to have, to do. What if that is the least genuine that your life could truly be? What if what God wants you to value in your life, in your time here on this earth, has much more to do with the interactions that you have with others and, and how they value that. I, you know, people that are hurting hurt people, we know that. And, and maybe learning to heal so that you can become a conduit of healing may be part of your journey. Maybe you are already um, at a healthier place and can truly help people to grow and heal in the things that nourish them spiritually. And your value is in that. I, I heard something on the radio the other day that said, nobody will stand up at your funeral and say, oh, they had a gorgeous house with some beautiful furniture. No, what people remember of you when you're gone is the impact that you had on your life. And that can be positive and negative. There can be people who you have scarred and hurt and broken, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And there can be people that you have loved and nourished and healed, whether intentionally or unintentionally. But as you walk in your faith, the journey should be one of healing, one of fellowship, friendship, and value in your community of fellow believers. So as we think about moderation and being content, what is it that's keeping us from being the way that God wants us to be? What is it that's keeping us from reaching our fullest potential in the things of God? That's the thought I want to leave you with today. Um, you can follow me on social media, Theologically Analytical. And I'm sure that you have your own version of your story and your own reflections of how you can make some changes, modify some things in your life to be more receptive to the things that line up with the love of God. I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, think on these things.